This is Amateur Logic, episode 115 for March 15th, 2018. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com. Communicating has never been more fun. From D-Star to SDR, ICOM uses the most advanced technology in their radios. Hi, welcome to AmateurLogic.tv. I'm George. I'm Tommy. And I'm Emil. And it's good to be back with you. Peter is not with us tonight because he's in Melbourne, Australia, and we're all in Louisiana South tonight. Louisiana. Rain, yep. Louisiana. Rain. Having a, a good time here at the Ham Fest. It's, I don't know, 50-something years, I think, for this Ham Fest. Yeah, uh, it's up there. Impressive. This is the first time Tommy and I have been here, but you've been here before, hadn't you, Emil? Um, actually, I have not. Oh, you haven't? I've been to Hammond. I've been to the Slidell Hamfest, but this is my first time at Rain. Okay. So it's a brand-new experience for you, too. Yeah. Well, it was a good one. I've really had a great time here. The All the people that uh, put it on in the club here have been just incredible. And oh, the yeah. vendors, great selection of vendors. I'll definitely come back to it, for sure. Yeah, hey, I think so. Um you got here before we did because you were a little closer being next door, sort of. Uh, not exactly, but closer than us. You arrived early and got caught a little bit of the setup. What What did you see? I, I did, and uh, I got to say, you know, for the ham fest I've been to, <clears throat> I'm pretty impressed with the uh, turnout of the manufacturers here. Yeah, it was good for a ham fest this size, real good. Yeah, and that was great to see, and plus... Um, I must also say I, I got to experience the, the food at this ham fest early on, and that was an indication of what it was going to be because that was A-plus right on the money here. Yep. I'd have to agree. We'll talk more about that in, yeah, definitely. Uh, coming up here shortly. But we, we did get to see a bunch of the setup and uh, got some video of that early on and also our own uh, table here in spot. Here before uh, Tommy and George arrived, just setting up the uh, bench and the table that they got. We got a vendor table this year, so we'll set up and uh, set next to ICOM here. I figured we show the uh, show and display some of our uh, wares as far as uh, what we've done over the years promoting the hobby. And 
you got a little outdoor footage as well, didn't you? We did. They uh, had a, a tower that they raised up out here as part of their Aries and Mars setup. Um, and uh, wow, what a setup that was. Certainly, absolutely. Two meters, 440, and the flags. All right. There a little bit, I'm gonna stand it up. <laughs> I gotta get my guy posted. All right. Our friend Emmett was here from Radio Waves, and we got a chance to talk with him about some new antennas. I'm here with Emmett Honzi, W0QH from Radio Waves. Hi, Emmett. Good morning. How are we this morning on this fine rain Louisiana morning? Well, it's not raining right now. No, it's not. It was raining this morning, though, for what I understand a little bit. Well, I, I hope it's going to remain dry through the ham fest here, although there's really nothing outside much to see except a van you brought with you. A little MCOM 1. Yeah, that was fun. It's a good drive. I bet it was. How many hours? It's about a 12-hour drive from St. Louis, Missouri. So what have you been up to lately? I bet you've been making a few antennas, huh? Oh, one or two. It's one of those things that uh, we used to... Have, we used to run the business inside the house, right? And it was down in the basement, and it was kind of the, the running joke that my wife would come down and just throw a blanket on me. And then uh, now we've got a shop, so now I have to go home at, after after a certain amount of hours. But yeah, we're we're building the antennas on a regular basis, which is kind of cool, keeping us busy, which is nice too. I've seen a, I think what are a couple of new models here recently from you. What what have you come up with? Okay, well, the one thing that we noticed is that uh, as the solar cycle starts to, to, to wind down a little bit, the lower bands are going to start becoming uh, the king frequencies. And so what we've done is we've made a couple of our key products, i.e. the Radio Wave Scout and our Hex Beam, which is the, the, the Sentinel. Uh, we've, we've done some modified 40-meter element add-ons, which allows you to, to work 40 meters, 20 through 6, on one antenna, and the same thing with our scout 
in uh, just that little footprint, which is only 22 feet. And many people, they don't have a lot of space to do 40 meters. So now you have, in 22 feet, you can do uh, the, the, the off-center, not the off-center fed, but the uh, our, uh, our Sentinel. And then uh, if you want to have a more omnidirectional signal or you want to have a smaller antenna that has about the same gain as the dipole, then our Scout would work really nice. And this is the Scout right here we're standing under yes, right now. Yes, indeed. And this is uh, the new thing about it is, is it uh, some people call it a cobweb. Um, it's the ba- same basic design. We've, we have our own matching section in there. It's not just a bail-in. It's a matching section, which makes a difference when it comes to overall performance. Uh, then on the 40-meter side, we have a matching section specifically for 40 meters uh, so that we can bring in the 40-meter element with uh, the linear loaded element. Uh, we decided not to use the the coils like you'll normally see on a, on a lot of antennas when you want to shorten them. You put a coil in there. Um, we find that on the receive side, having a linear loaded element, it's a lot more sensitive. As in, on the on, you have a lot more surface area, and then on the transmit side, you have a lot more flexibility, and the and the frequency response is considerably broader. Yeah, I looked up and saw that, and I said, "What what has Emmett been up to here?" I, you know, it looks sort of like, uh, I guess, sort of like a cage dipole, but that's not really what it is at all, is it? No, it isn't. A lot of people say, well, that's a cage. Well, it looks like a cage, but what we've done to do the linear loading element, uh, we put a cage, we put it in a cage configuration. That way, the individual wires have a little bit more separation, and. Um, it has a lot more functionality, or how do I say it? It's more sensitive. I don't have to use as much wire, and it actually works a lot better. So you're riding around an MCOM one these days. Mm-hmm. Where, where is Mike? He's out of the country, isn't he? Isn't isn't it's it's kind of like the old story. Where's Waldo? Yeah, yeah. Mike's off doing his own thing somewhere else, and uh, you know, so basically, we're running with MCOM one now for for however long he's going to be gone. Yeah. Cool. Which will be a couple of years. So you're going to be seeing it with MCOM-1 and, and radio waves. As a matter of fact, you'll see the radio waves logo on, on MCOM-1 more and more these days as we change the graphics around a little bit. So have you been deployed in it yet? Um, we've done some things locally in the St. Louis area. The one thing that MCOM-1 provides is a, let's just say, a communications conduit between, let's say, uh, state agencies, federal agencies, and local agencies. Um, some of the counties that we... that we have in the Missouri area have barely enough funds to have their own radios on the VHF side. So the sheriff has no ability to talk to highway patrol or, let's say, air assets or whatever. And what what MCOM-1 provides is during an incident, let's say a search and rescue mission or whatever, we can roll in and provide... Uh, provide that conduit, that that communications management, or allow the sheriff to be able to talk to the state highway patrol or the air asset or the or the water. Cool. Well, Emmett, thanks for the answer is yes. We've been busy. Okay. Uh, what if we we get hurricanes this year? Will you be going? It all depends on if people call us. We'll, we'll be there if they call us. Y'all give Emmett a call. I know he's looking for something to do. Yeah, I'm kind of bored these days. I don't have anything to do at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thanks for talking Thank with you. us. Have Emmett. a good one, George. Bye bye. Yeah, I saw Emmett in the MCOM one van out there when we came up, and uh, I actually saw him in Dallas about maybe a month and a half ago. He came over for one of the club meetings there. So that's a pretty impressive setup. Yeah, uh, I, I think he's the official keeper of MCOM one right now yeah they could park that in my driveway if they wanted to I'd well they pa- could it'd be nice for field day too 
Yeah, it's coming up. It'll be here before you know it. Sure will. Um, well, yeah, that, that was really cool. Also, we and I'm looking at the cheat sheet, so I'm cheating. There was a nice display back there of of uh, some old military radios and some go kits and such. Uh, you got some photos of that, didn't you? Yeah, I got a little footage of it. Let's check it out. George and Tommy, uh, we got to meet uh, K5ARN, our friend Arnie, who uh, was at uh, Quartz Fest recently, and uh, also got to experience some of the same food here at the Ham Fest. And uh, in fact, he he had quite a catch that we'll uh, show you uh, for Arnie. So I think he enjoyed this one as well. Well, we're wandering around the Rain, Louisiana Ham Fest here, and we found another familiar face. How's it going, Arnie? Uh, it's going pretty well. You just got back from another trip, didn't you, out west? Yeah, we we were two guys, and we decided to go to the Quartz Fest, which is in Quartzsite, Arizona, in southern Arizona. And it was a trip 1,800 miles from our home, and we planned one-week trip there. And then it was one week at Quartzsite and one week back. So we did a trip about 4,000 miles. Oh, so you drove? Yeah, we had uh, we bought a little motorhome, my wife and I. So uh, we, so it's Quartzsite is a small place, less than 4,000 in southern Arizona. And it's a big place for bone docking, which means that you go out with your RV, you don't have any water, no sewer, no electricity. So you just park out in the desert. And then they have a big area then just for the Quartz Fest, which is one week long. Oh, wow. So, well, you, at least you had to shower and stuff in your RV and all that, right? RV used Huggies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet that was interesting. Yeah. You know, we really enjoyed the shower then when we came to the next next uh, RV stop, you know. Oh, I bet. So it's just out in the, basically in the middle of the desert with really nothing around, huh? Uh, yeah, it's just like a vista, whatever it's called. It's surrounded by mountains, and then it's just gravel and dust. 
and uh, and sticky sticky growing things you know, like cactus and bushes with long t- needles on them you know so you have to be careful yeah so and then, and then at this time it was 853 registered visitors and it was probably about 200 RVs and some people lived in vans or even in trucks and tents and it's it's a very busy it's like over 100 different organized events like seminars or cooking or RV things or whatever. It's very well organized and this has been going on for 21 years. Oh, so I had no idea it was that big. I thought it was just kind of a, a small group of people, maybe 100 or so people out there. I had no idea it was that many. Oh, it's big. It's big. And then, and I mean, it's... Some people are coming with their RVs, like couches 50 feet long and from Canada or whatever, or Washington State, and they have solar panels so they don't run their generators at all. That's, that's something that's on my bucket list to do before it, I leave I mean, here. It's, I almost want to say for a ham, it's a life-changing experience. Because, I mean, it, it's so well organized, and there are so many activities, and, you know, they... They advise people going there to bring firewood because it's a big fire every morning and every evening. So we brought some Mississippi oak, you know, and (laughs) contributed to the fires there. And it's really well organized. And, you know, uh, Gordon West was there, and he had a a big event station, you know, and uh, we brought some antennas that we put together from MFGA. And show the people that they had like an antenna go around. Oh, yeah. yeah so it's, um, now it's, uh, we're probably going to go there again, but it's really far away. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a long ways. And, I've, and I'm not sure I'd drive it. But we were, I mean, the best way is probably to fly to Phoenix and rent an RV. Yeah. But when you come to Quartzsite, it's a small place, 4,000 people, less. They have two streets and... At the same time, it's the largest RV show in the world. 170,000 people coming. And a lot of RVs just coming for that event. So there are thousands and thousands of RVs in the desert. And they're all bone docking. And uh, you do it for free. A lot of people coming from, like snowbirds coming down because they can stay there for free. It's warm. You can stay for 14 days. It's, it's a land. It's called Board of Land Management. So I'm curious, did you see any wildlife there? I know I go to a place in Arizona to work, and the snakes are really bad there. They have a lot of rattlesnakes. It was, you know, this was when we had the real cold spell, when it was under teens in, in Mississippi, and we, we had to fight the side wind all the way when we were driving. And we had two days with like 75, 80 degrees, and I was swimming in the pool at an RV stop, you know, RV parking place. And then the next day it started freezing there, so it was really cold. So there were no snakes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know they're pretty, pretty uh, prevalent out in there. So, but if you want to see a lot of pictures, go to MFJ's Facebook play, uh, page and look for Orney Goes to Courts Fest. There's a lot of pictures and... Uh, some write-ups I did every evening when we parked and stopped. Oh, well, cool. We'll do that. Um, 
They'll check it out. I did see a few of them come across while you were gone, so I'll go back and check those out. Another thing is, I mean, Arizona is, uh, I don't know if it's a rich state or whatever, but they have 22,000 hams. Mississippi has only 5,000 hams. But now Arizona has almost a double amount of people. But they're very active. There's a lot of retired people there, too, a lot of time. Very. And the... So we met the southwestern director of the AARL board. It was a, quite a guy. And then also the section manager. You know. And one thing I thought was interesting is that they had managed to negotiate with the Department of Transportation. You know, you have to pay money to get a, a core tag. And it costs $25 in Arizona. But they give seventeen dollars back to ham radio organizations. Oh, that's that's great! I didn't realize that. Coming back to people—that's amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Another thing that was astonishing, I think, was the youth involvement. We probably had like twenty teenagers mm-hmm. uh, doing ham radio, and they were building small fox hunt transmitters. And then they put them in like a frog or a, like a plastic flower or something. And then it was a fox hunt every day. And they were, they had general, I think some of them had extra class license. Because for them, they didn't have an internet. It was sparsely populated. So they used the repeaters and walkie-talkies for communication as a group. And, and very dedicated teachers and leaders. That was impressive. Yeah, it sounds like a great, really great experience. Oh, yeah. Next time, probably going to be a little warmer. <laughs> I'll hear you. Yeah, the first time is always uh, a learning experience, so you'll be a little bit more prepared for the next one. Yeah. No, it's, they're doing a great job. And they, they is a pretty good website, you know, courtsfest.org. Okay, I didn't realize they had a site. I'll check that out. Well, I appreciate you stopping and talking to us. It's always great to visit with you. We seem to run into you a lot of these things. Yeah, I know. You have seen my hat here. Yeah. Oh, you, this is now the wrong logo. Yeah, so, and oh, it, that's okay. So is mine. Yeah, and this is probably five years old now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's okay. That's so is mine. <laughs> All right. About, uh, All right. So I may get a new no, one. thank you. I thank you so much for uh, all you're doing for Ham Radio, and I really enjoy the Amateur Logic. Oh, thank you. Yeah. And I've met Emil here also, so. Oh, yeah. He's a character. He's just, he's just as uh, much of a character in person as he is on the show. He was teaching everybody how to eat crawfish. Yeah. He, yeah, he was good at it. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Nice meeting yeah, you. Yeah, it's, gr- it's great to see you, Arnie. You're in Sweden, they eat a lot of crawfish. Four or five thousand tons a year. Swedish crawfish. Yeah, they are this. They got the plague. They died out many, many years ago. Crawfish plague. Yeah, deadly. It's a fungus, you know, uh-huh. that attacks the, 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 whatever you There's a story it. there, I know yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, so they import crawfish. 
And Louisiana is one of the largest exporters. <laughs> yes, we are. And last year I read on the internet, you know, because normally a crawfish port is starts in the beginning of August. And they, uh, they uh, rate the different ones, you know, it's coming from Turkey and China. And yes. Iran, crawfish Mexico. ratings. And then like one claw, one and claw. And Louisiana won. Hey, it's the capital. But the, but the thing is that they are cooked differently. They cooked in the brine, I mean, okay. salt water, yeah. with the dill. Dill? Yeah, okay. dill, like the big yeah. dill flowers. Yeah. And then you eat them cold. So you stack them up, you know, when you have your crawfish portion. And then you have um, small glasses. A big glasses with beer, and the small glasses you have aqua beans. Ah, what beans? This is spiced vodka. Okay. With different herbs. Yeah. And then you drink them and sing and eat crawfish. Nice. So it's really a big body, almost like a Cajun crawfish body. Well, that's what we're going to be doing back here in a little bit, singing to the Cajun music. Yeah, no, I've been here. This is probably my fifth time here. Awesome. I'm, this is my first. You, sh you should be interviewing me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have tried crawfish once before, and uh, I'm not a real big fan. Do you know anything about eating it? Um, well, I got the teacher right here. All right. Well, I, I guess being a, a resident in a uh, uh, Louisiana-born native uh we got the pros on the job here, and uh, we do have a technique, and uh, we'll, we'll share that with you guys. And, and I think y'all did pretty good on y'all's uh, first attempts at that. So, good job. All right. We're going we're gonna to peel this tail. We're going to pinch this tail. And we're going to give the head to somebody else. Anybody you know? Nobody I know. <laughs> Of that tail from the head. You gotta pinch the tail. When you pinch the tail, it loosens up the meat on the inside. We gotta crack the shell a little bit. Peel that outer shell. Make sure there's no bits on there. Then you pinch, and the whole thing comes out. Uh, just like that. Let me see if I can try. Do it, try, Tommy. He's got the crack. He's going for the crack. Don't do crack. Don't do crack. <laughs> Almost lost an eye with that one. Did you see that? Can you explain to him about how not to eat the dead ones? Oh, oh they're all dead. <laughs> well, I failed. I'm a, I'm a man. I'm a crawdad failure. I'm not eating the yellow stuff. Don't eat the yellow. There's, there is one more trick. If you ever pick one up in a straight tail like this, you don't eat those because they were dead when they were born. So that's, that's the one. You got to pick those up. Them in there. Them out. Hmm. We need to figure out how to send some of these to Peter. Peter? Yeah. He can have these. He's surrounded by water down there. I just don't know if they have them. They have the really big ones. 
Like lobster. Well, they got water, but they don't know if they got mugs. They mud bugs, right? That's right. Mud bugs. So, show us what you do with the head. All right, Taylor, this is you. This is you. Okay. Oh, you see that? Yep. You got that seasoning out of there. Ooh. That's the part I threw away. So do I. I do. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. I'm one of the few that you can do that. When they're really spicy sometimes, that's where a lot of the uh, hot goes. Glenn is going to show us what you do with the head. you know we couldn't do all these trips visit all these ham fest and bring you as much video entertainment as we do each month without the help from our friends like ICOM. Advanced technology for advanced communications. Communicating has never been more fun than with ICOM. From DSTAR to SDR, ICOM uses the most advanced technology in their radios. The SDR you've been asking for is here. ICOM's new IC7610 is a high-performance RMDR with the ability to pick out the faintest signals even in the presence of stronger adjacent signals. The new ICOM IC7610 is a direct sampling, software-defined radio that will change the world's definition of a SDR transceiver. RF Direct Sampling System, 110 RMDR, independent dual receivers, and dual Digicel. Whether you're looking to enter the world of D-Star or need a backup D-Star portable for your go kit, the ID31A Plus is the perfect radio. Easy to operate, the ID31A Plus is available in silver, red, or gold. Worldwide communications, share pictures and text messages, and it's IPX waterproof, compact, lightweight, and tough. Find out more about all the great new ICOM radios. Visit icomamerica.com amateur today. I do feel like I got a crawdad education, so uh, I feel like a pro now. And they were pretty good. It was. It, it's been a long time since I tried it, and I'll, I'll eat them again. It's probably still not my favorite thing to eat, but I'm not a seafood eater either, so I don't really much care for shrimp and stuff like that. But it, it was pretty good. I appreciate you showing us how to do it. Yeah, I am a seafood eater. I really like uh, shrimp and lobster and crabs and all of that. So the, the crawfish, they were good. They, they were pretty good, I'd have to say. I probably ate three-quarters of mine. And I would, If there had been shrimp sitting there, I would have gone for the shrimp instead of the crawfish. I was able to, to break the little band off and pinch the tail and get the meat out. But it's an awful lot of work, Emil. It, it is a lot of work, and it's a good thing we had reinforcements to back us here. Uh, KG5CN 
uh, Glenn was here with us teaching us really how to pinch those tails and suck the heads. Yeah, it was Richard from MFJ who kind of spurred us on to come down here. Yeah, he, he did. He's, he's told us several times that we need to come to this thing, and yeah. this ham fest here, and, and he's right. It was It's a big time. The food is amazing. You know, the, the lunch today was great. They had uh, pork steaks, uh, barbecue pork steaks and dirty rice and baked beans, potato salad. It was phenomenal. It, it was really good. I would have called it a pork chop. I didn't know it was a steak, but it sure tasted yeah. Like a good old uh, grilled steak to me. Yeah, it's it's really good. Yeah, the shrimp fettuccine and gumbo. I mean, it's classic Lafayette, uh, Cajun and Southern food that's just off the charts here. Yeah, I, I gotta say that there was a more and better variety of of good food here than any ham fest I've been to. Yeah, before. it wasn't just uh, hot no. dogs and, and burgers. No. Matter of fact, I'm not even sure they had hot dogs and burgers. I did not see it. I saw some burgers, but even they had a little uh, flavor and spice to them. Yep. Richard didn't quite get enough crawfish here. Four pounds wouldn't do him. So we, we talked to him a little bit to find out what he did afterwards. Here's Richard Stubbs with MFJ Enterprises. Richard, you've been trying to get us to come down here to rain for a while now, and we finally decided to do it. It, it was a worthwhile trip. I'm so excited to see you and Tommy down here because I knew y'all would have a good time, and the people are so friendly and outgoing. And it's a heck of a hand fest, too, as you can see. And uh, we've, I bet you've heard the, the woo sound a lot this weekend. We've heard that, especially while we were back there eating the crawfish last night. We tried it. Neither one of us eat it, but uh, we tried it, and, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty darn good. We had we had it here, and then we went and ate it again and had four more pounds at another establishment. And then we went out to a little bar and had a little good time, and I heard a bunch of woo-woos then, too, so it was pretty exciting. I've heard a lot of woo-woos here, too, a lot of people buying stuff. We did real well here, and as we always do, and you hear that bell in the background, that guy's always exciting as well, the main trading people. Yeah, yeah he's. Um, we hadn't seen him as much this year. He's not at as many ham fests as he has been in the past, but... He came out full force on this one. I had a lot of direct sales here also, but I also sold through him, and, and uh, I sold a couple of Zygu radios too. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You know, we did the um, did the we did the video on this one a while back here. I really had fun playing with that radio. Only had it for seven days, so I I only got so far. I need to send it to you again so you can do a full review on it because it's it's really exciting radio. We've gone through about fifty sales so far, and and all over the uh, North America, and of course we got the Canadian distributorship also. But it's it's doing real well. It's a really solid radio. You can carry it like a handheld and talk into that built-in speaker here, or it has a uh, a speaker microphone that comes with it. That's like the Icom kind of knockoff with all the buttons on it. It's got a built-in tuner, got a built-in keyer, a CW trainer, built-in yeah, five watts, yeah, and a built-in battery pack, thirty-eight hundred milliamp hours. So for six hundred and seventy bucks, I, I think it's well worth it. It's it's really a popular rig. So we've had a lot of fun playing with it and a lot of sales going with it too. So, and I, I sent one home with a guy uh, last night and got us another one out here today. So real excited about that radio and the, and the and the things that can come with that. We got an amplifier coming, but it wasn't quite ready for for distribution yet. 
Well, just the radio itself. And all you need is a piece of coax and a piece of wire or something for an antenna, and you're ready to go. You don't need anything else. That's right. I'll send a, I'll send another one back down your way now that we got a bunch of them. Because back when we first did it, we only had 25 units, and we really wanted to sell them off before Christmas was up. So Yeah. But, yeah, it's a lot of exciting things. And then I sent you that new power supply, which you'll show on one of the new programs. Uh, it's a digital power supply, and it's it's the, the same little 30-amp power supply, but it's got power poles on the back, the binding post on the front, and it's, and it's all digital. A big old orange display up there, so it's going to be really cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, to plugging that in and playing with it a little bit. You know, uh, of course, I'm old school, analog meter. It's fine with me. You know, I can glance at it and I know what it's reading. But some folks don't like to look at analog meters. That that's true. And and you know, but but some people like the cross needle meter. Some people like the analog meters. You know, we got something for everybody. So we got we got all of them. And uh, you know, we're going to keep on trying to offer everything we can offer to the ham radio operator. You know, we've got a, we got a bunch of it, as you know. So we're going to keep doing that. Should have a new catalog out. A lot of people ask me about that this year because I, but we had so many of the last year one that we just are waiting for the date and release on it. So there will be a 2018. These these right now say 2017. So we'll have a new one for you by date, and I'm sure I'm going to see you there. Yeah. And since the last time I saw you, well, I called you up uh, on the phone and said, Richard, I need an amplifier. Oh, and yeah. uh, I finally bit the bullet and uh, bought a new amp, the ALS 1306. Let me tell you, I have been pleased with it. Yeah, we sold, uh, Richard bought a couple of them this weekend. I think he sold one of them here this weekend also. It's very popular. And as you're finding out how easy it is to operate and beautiful, beautiful amplifier, what they do at Ameritron, some quality work, which you've interviewed Mike before down there, and he does a good job with his people. Yeah, I, and... You know, a lot of folks like tube amplifiers, and I still have an AL811H, and I like the amplifier, but I was ready for just a little more power and something I could just turn on and operate and not have to wait on filaments to warm up. This fit the bill perfectly. i got to say, when I'm talking on sideband with it, I mean... It, Heat-wise, you can't hardly tell that it's on. There's just no heat coming off of it. Right, and now you can take that one with you on field day or even on your on your de-expeditions, whatever you all do. You're traveling all the time, so now it's something you can actually carry with you. It's not too heavy. The 811H is only 32 pounds, but still, that's, that's, that's some weight, too. Yeah, well, that and, you know, just hesitate to haul tubes around too much. Right, right. So what's your big plans for the next year? Uh, we're, we're in March already. It seems like the, the Hamfest season is full-blown schedule now. So I guess we'll see you at Huntsville and Dayton. And You go to Dallas anymore? Or? Uh, I don't know. I have never been to the one in Dallas. Need to do that. He's down there yeah. in Dallas all the time. He just needs to stay down there while he's there, you know. Yep, <laughs> he does. I need to drive over. But, yeah, we'll be uh, planning on Dayton. And Huntsville, and we'll just have to see what else between, you know, in there. And when you leave here now, there's a special stop about four exits up, because you're going to be going back the same way I am, because y'all are going to Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Don's Meats and Billy's Boudin Balls. 
I told you about this a couple of years ago at Giga Parts, but they they got a boudin sausage about the size of a baseball. They put pepper jack cheese on the middle of it, and then they deep fry it, and that is the piece of heaven right there when you first bite into that hot one. Really? It is something to be, and, and then they got everything, stuffed with crawfish, stuffed with crab, gator meat down there. I'm, I'm going to stock up. I brought my cooler. Okay. So it's always a fun trip here. I, I get to buy a lot of food and eat good all weekend, and then we still sell some stuff, so it's pretty remarkable. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We may have to make that stop. We had the crawfish last night. That was a little little stretch for us, and I don't know what you were eating a while ago, but you broke out in a sweat a little earlier. Yeah, it's barbecue sandwich here. They, they do it some kind of special stuff on there, but y'all got to stop and get a boudin ball. Even if you just share it, cut it in half, it'll be, I, I swear, you'll love the first bite. Now, the second bite might get to you, but the first bite, you're going to love it. All right. Well, we'll have to look for that. It's part of, it's part of the deal down here at Rain Ham Fest, Frog City. What a great place to visit. Yeah, a lot of fun. All right, Richard, thanks for telling us about this, and it's good to see you again. Oh, it's great to see you, and I hope you all make this an annual event. <laughs> 73. All right, take care. 73. Well, I understand four pounds wasn't quite enough for our friend Rock and Ray either. I think he went and got some more after they left here too. Yeah, I had a good little sit-down chat with him. It looks like he's uh, kind of bouncing back now. Well, we're back, of course, with Ray Novak. Ray, you finally got your radios back. Yes, sir, I did. I appreciate that. And you guys waited to right at the end of the show, so a little tired, hard floor, so glad we could sit down and chat. Yeah. Uh, of course, we got the IC7610 between us. It was tough to give it up, Ray, I'll have to admit, you know, after having it there for a few weeks playing with it. Nice rig. Did you let Tommy play with it at all? No. No. He doesn't share with t- poor Tommy. I would have. He he was out of town, though, so he... We might have to do a GoFundMe for Tommy to get uh, <laughs> adequate radio time. Yeah. I think so. That's... Um, well, I know he would have enjoyed it. So I enjoyed it for him. There you go. So, are you feeling better than uh, when we shot that video? Yes and no. Physically, I'm feeling better. I don't have the cold. Did catch some type of head cold, or maybe it's allergies down here. Things are starting to bloom down here in southern Louisiana. But last night, we went out and ate crawfish. They're in season and got a little bit of a crawfish hangover right now. Yeah, that's that's an ugly thought, right? It is, and and I know you guys were lurking around with the camera trying to see how you could get all the way up to your elbows deep and eating crawfish, but those were good. Yeah, we we actually did eat some last night, and Emil was here. He he knew the ropes, so he was able to. So he taught you how to do it right. He taught us how to do it right. He would not suck the head on one though, so we didn't we we didn't get to see that. Did you? Uh, I'll plead the fifth. Okay. You got to realize, I I I used to work with Martin June. If you want to see somebody really tear into a a bunch of crawfish, you ought to see him go at it. Martin knows how to do it. Yes, sir, he does. Okay. Well, it's a shame he couldn't be here this weekend. It's been a fun time at the 
rain hand fest down here. Yes, sir, it has been. It's been it's been very interesting to to talk with all the local hams down here. It's been a while since I've been in the Louisiana area with ICOM, so it's been fun. So what's next? Where are you headed next? Oh. Later in April, we got Visalia, and then I'll be back down here either the last weekend in April or the first weekend in May. There's a, a big group of people interested in D-Star, and it looks like we'll be doing a D-Star day down in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. Uh, be bringing in uh, either through Skype or in person the guys from Georgia that are doing D-Star for emergency communications. And it's it's been interesting the number of people, word of mouth, that have been talking about it coming back by. Are you sure you're going to do it? When is it going to be? Where is it going to be? So there's a lot of excitement for it. That's great. Uh, I guess down here there must be a good good foothold with with D Star. Not really. There, it's scattered out through areas. I mean, your your larger cities like New Orleans has got several D Star repeaters. Mm-hmm. And some of those guys have moved to different areas and tried to bring that same enthusiasm. And, in fact, Emil's got Glenn over there that's been playing around with D-Star. And that was the first thing he wanted to talk about this morning when he walked in. Yeah. So playing around with D-Rats, sending messages, doing email for emergency communications because it's about to become hurricane season down here. And they do get a little intense weather down here. Yeah, you know, the photo thing is pretty nice. Tommy and I just shot a video. I'm not even sure if it's going to be in this episode or not. We shot so much here, but we just shot a video uh, demoing, sending pictures with D-Star using the, uh, well, an Android tablet and uh, iPad. Yeah, I think you guys are are, are breaking down some of the myths. I've heard a little bird that's told me that you went from an iCom with an Apple tablet or an iPad, to an Android tablet through somebody else's D-Star radio. Yeah. So we found out for sure that D-Star is not proprietary to ICOM. We took another brand of radio that supports D-Star and, and did the picture transfer. So you had a kumbaya moment where we can all get along. Exactly. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So uh, that that was interesting and dispelled some some myths there, uh, common misconception. Well, that's good. But, uh, yeah, you know we've got um, folks using D Star at home uh, that are using a repeater actually made by another manufacturer too. But you know through open source hardware and software they put together a repeater that. That are a couple of repeaters that do D-Star as well and, and do it good. Oh, yeah. I love when I hear everybody, oh, it's proprietary. It's You can't experiment with it. There's a lot of experimentation sure. going on. There's a lot going on. Yep. So, George, what are you guys doing for field day? You know, we haven't decided yet, but we think we probably want to run some 7610s. You know, we think that might be fun. Some seventy six tens. Yeah. Are you going back in the woods again? I, that's kind of our plan. Are you going to come down and go with us? I don't know. I, I, I don't haven't decided where I'm going to do field day yet. But I think I'm going to have a hex beam and a thirty one foot crank up mass that I could put on the back of the bus. That will work. Would it be cheating if we did it in air conditioning? No, would not. 
might be cheating at all. Uh, you don't the the visqueen is not required that nor the duct tape to okay to build the tent out of. So no, if you've got air conditioning and you're in the south, that's kind of almost a requirement. You might drive the bus over. Well, you should. You should. Hey, he's going to look excited over here, isn't he, Tommy? <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. We, Tommy and I were talking earlier. Think we get ready to come bring the bus over? Maybe I might be able know. to do it. Not really sure yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Cindy and I are going to go to Germany for WRTC. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, we're looking at leaving on the Fourth of July. We haven't booked our ticket yet, but we got to do that soon. So the Fourth of July. Then WRTC is not that weekend, but the following weekend, and then fly back on the 26th. Or I'm not really sure what the date is that we'll fly back, but then I turn around and go to EAA Oshkosh and be working with the guys in the Warbirds area to do a special event station, so that's going to be fun. So I'll get to see our buddy Dan. Yeah. And not LVS. Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, that that sounds like a fun summer you got planned up already. Usually July is a month of relaxation because no one really books ham fest during that time period. Mm-hmm. But uh, after going to EAA last year and then running into some of my friends who are in the Warbirds area, they're like, hey, we like Icom radios. Can we... Can we get something out here? And I just finished booking my my camp spot, so we'll be going out there and cool aviation fuel every morning. Yeah, for breakfast. Yes, sir. <laughs> so you've just released two new radios recently: the ID thirty one Handy Talkie and the IC seventy six ten. Yes, sir. Uh, dual watch HF rig here. Do you know if there's anything else in the pipe, or is it double-secret probation time? Well, we got two radios that are on the horizon. One is the R30, which we'll probably be introducing for sale, hopefully, once we get FCC at Dayton. Mm -hmm. And then everybody is just chomping at the bits for the 9700. And when you see something under glass, it's a minimum of one year. Yeah. So there's a real good chance that we will not show it at Hamvention because it's it, there's not enough known about the radio. It's still in a prototype stage, still trying to figure out exactly what set of features can we put in for what price point. So we're a good year or more away from that radio. Now, which which spot in the line will that one occupy? It's actually going to fit in a in a spot in the line that has been discontinued for quite a long time. The old 910. It was VHF, UHF, and uh, SHF. Mm-hmm. We kind of went sideways with the 9100 by adding HF, and it did a real it did a real good job for us. It was a more expensive radio because it had less of the compromises. Yeah, it was a real good radio that you could do weak signal VHF and UHF. Uh, operation with, but it had the HF performance of the 7600. But because of the price point, a lot of the hams didn't buy it, but the government agencies did. They liked the fact that you could use the RSBA1 software, remote it, so it could be in a separate room and then remote operation. Right. It also would do HF and 
either VHF or UHF simultaneous because it had the, the two receivers. But the 9700 is just going to be focusing on VHF, UHF. Some has actually made the comments that putting it beside the 7300 would make it a, the twins. Okay. Cool. But, well, it'll be fun to see when it, when it gets out from under the glass. Yes, sir, it will be. Well, anything else uh, you want to share with us before we wrap it up here? No, because then I won't have anything to talk about the next time I see you. Good point. Good point. Well, and Ray, I, we're glad you recovered from the flu and are feeling better now. i got to tell you, at the beginning of that last video we shot with you, where you came to town, but you dropped off the radios, we took them from you, and then you went back to your hotel room and Skyped in. Right. Uh, we appreciate that, because neither one of us have had the flu yet. So well, that's, that, that's good. Yeah. Uh, but at the beginning of that video, you were you were looking okay, but toward the end of it, it looked like you were getting worn down a bit. Yeah, I had a few people that made comments that I kind of lost a little bit of the momentum that I started out with. Yeah. Well, they didn't hear everything that we edited out in between, uh, but you had uh, a little coffin was starting to pick up toward the, the end the there. coughing and then then you did a nice job in editing it taking out some of the photos where i'm sitting there yeah like that no <laughs> audio and and i mean it came out to be a real nice piece and i appreciate what you did for both of my friends n6mj and then va7oj oh yeah yeah it was good to see you know how folks are doing it out in the field yes sir all right ray 73 all right 73 george Thank you, Tommy. I saw something unique here, guys. Um, yeah. I, there was something about, um, just walking through the tables here, about jewelry for your tower. What was that about, Tommy? Yeah, I saw that. That's the Mastrant guys. They had some pretty cool rope. I, I talked to them. Let's take a look at that. Well, we were walking around here, and we saw a product. I'm familiar with the name. Mastrant, I think is how you pronounce that, right? Yeah, Mastrant, yeah. We pronounce that that way. Okay. I'm, um, it's good to see you here. What's your name? Martin, I'm Martin Hummel. Okay, and OL5? Yeah, it's my contest call sign. Yeah, okay. I do mainly contests. So. Oh, okay, well, cool. It's nice to meet you, man. Nice Tommy. You, nice to meet you, Tommy. Yeah, Tommy Martin. Yeah. yeah. Good guys. Nice to meet okay. you, Tommy. Um, a friend of mine told me you guys had an interesting story about what you're doing here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, we produce uh, synthetic guy ropes uh, designed for guying, and uh, they call Mastrant, and we. Uh, we added some assortment uh, for the for the uh, guying uh, of towers, mast, and so for antenna work. So. Okay, yeah, I'm familiar with it. I hear it's a really good product. I haven't tried it, although I, I need to get some and, and try it. I have a, a problem with the rope coming down and holding my uh, my off center fed up, so I'm, I'm constantly having to work on that thing. So I may try to get some of that while I'm here and, and tr- check it out, but. Um, friend said that you guys are from out of the country. Where, where are you from? Uh, we are from Czech Republic, and we came here t- for uh, four months. We started in January, and uh, we want to visit 11 shows in that row, and uh, then we go back. Okay, so uh, how, you're, you're here for four months, and you're just making the circuit on a bunch yeah. of the ham fest? Yeah, we do the circuit uh, circle uh, around the United States. So we will continue then to the west, to the California, and so. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. Have yeah. you been enjoying your, t- your time here? Yeah, we are enjoying it. We are here with the uh, whole family, with the uh, two kids and uh, our friends. So we are with Motorhome, 
so we are independent on oh that's that sounds like great uh, great time so uh what's your last one are you i think you're going to dayton right yeah dayton is our last destination this year Yes. So then you'll head back after that? Yeah, immediately after Dayton we go back. Well, it looks like you got quite a few products here. Can you tell us about some of the ropes and what makes these different from some of the other ones? Yeah, we have uh, two product lines. Uh, this is a basic product line and uh, this is high strength ropes, which are uh, actually uh, stronger than steel ropes, the, the core. And uh, we have uh, fro- we have a uh, range of diameters from five, thir- uh, five uh, from two thirty seconds up to nine sixteenths. So it's uh, up to twelve thousand uh, pounds uh, breaking strength. This is our strongest rope which we m- produce. Oh wow! Okay, and then yeah, and then we have uh, some assortment, some accessories uh, for uh, termination of the rope. Yeah, uh, for the uh, pulleys, uh, tensioners, and uh, also um, clamps for uh, masts uh, to attach, uh, how to, uh, to to help to attach the rope to the mast. And we have also that range of uh, tensioners, uh, which are for mainly for the portable use. And how, how long will this rope last out in the ultraviolet light and in the weather? Yeah, we provide a warranty five years. And uh, I have on my station, I have uh, already 17 years old uh, guying. So uh, it works still. Oh, it's like... Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, wow. That's, that's pretty impressive. It's designed from materials which are uh, resistant against UV, against humidity, against the weather conditions. So actually it... Ca- it can survive uh, many many years oh cool this is uh that's something that every ham needs to have some good rope to, for their antennas i don't know uh, like i said i've had some struggles with keeping mine up as well so uh, yeah yeah it's a uh, very important to to have a proper rope for the guy okay? anyway okay well i sure appreciate you taking the time to talk thank to you us. very much to me again thank you and it's always great to see our friends from mfj let's have a look and see what they've got going on for this month When it's time to get on the air, you want the DC power feeding your transceiver to be clean, quiet, and dependable. MFJ's Mighty Light power supplies are the perfect fit for most any HF, VHF, or UHF radio station. Weighing in at only 3 pounds, MFJ's 4230 series of Mighty Light supplies pack a 30-amp punch with a continuously variable voltage range from 5 to 16 volts. Choose the MFJ4230MV with front panel five-way binding post for easy connection to your rig and station accessories. The MFJ4230MVP, same five-way binding post, analog meter, plus two pair of Anderson power pole connectors on the rear. Or the new MFJ4230DMP with dual digital display for simultaneous monitoring of both voltage and current. No matter which 4230 series power supply you choose, you'll get an excellent 75% efficiency. A WhisperQuiet fan varies its speed as needed to ensure your supply keeps its cool while remaining as quiet as possible. While some competing switching supplies generate objectionable RF hash in your transmitted and received signals, these super clean MFJ Monty Light supplies have extra low ripple and noise less than 100 millivolts. Weighing only 3 pounds, operating from 120 or 240 volts AC, 47 to 63 hertz makes this the perfect power supply to take with you anywhere in the U.S. or abroad. 
and MFJ's switching power supplies are protected by MFJ's famous no-matter-what one-year limited warranty. See all the great MFJ power supplies and ham radio accessories at MFJEnterprises.com today. There were a number of activities here as well. And, you know, this is the first ham fest that I've been to that had an uh, indoor fox hunt. You you know something about that, don't you, Tommy? Yeah, actually, I had some of those come up, some of the kids come up to me and ask me if I was a fox. <laughs> no, I, I couldn't even. I could have answered for them. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was speechless. I couldn't even, couldn't even respond to that. But I did yeah. catch them a little bit later and talk to the winners. They had an interesting event here at the Ham Fest in Rain. George and I kept seeing a bunch of kids running around and didn't really realize at first what was going on, but. Uh, it's kind of interesting. They've had a, had a fox hunt. I've got uh, Nick here, K5QXJ. Can you tell us about what you guys are doing? Yeah, well, uh, we've been doing this event for several years, and uh, it's been falling to me to go hide the fox. And uh, I'm sad to say for the last 10 years they've been beating me, and actually they found it this year, but it took them a little longer this year. So uh, I, guess, I, I guess I measure my success at how long it takes them to find it. Yeah. So uh, what, what are the parameters for it? You, I think you, uh, earlier I think you were telling me that you spaced out when it, uh, when it uh, transmits to make yeah. it a little bit more difficult. The challenge this year is the interval at which it transmits is uh, on a 60-second th- interval, and it's only on the air for about uh, three or four seconds. So you, when you do the, the sweeping, you've got to do it really quick. Oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty fast. So how, how many kids did you have participating? Well, we had these two. These two uh, guys, and we've had uh, Galen, uh, is, uh, is, uh, his daughter's a teenager. She's a, uh, a, a freshman at U, uh, UL. Okay. And they've been, they've been hunting with us for years, and typically it's uh, been one and two. She and, and Kirby trade places every other year about who, who gets there first. Okay, well that's pretty cool. Uh, so, so uh, we got two boys over here. Did one of these win, or did they both win? They're second. They're working we as a pair. Okay, okay. So good to meet you. What, what's your name and your call sign? I'm Samuel Haviland, and my call sign is KG5AYI. How about you? I'm Logan Abear, and my call sign is KG5IQ. I mean KG5LLM. Okay, so which one of you guys won? Uh, we we watched another person win, so we. We both got second, I guess. Okay. So uh, how long did it take you to, to, to you guys to find it or whoever wanted to find it? It took a really long time. It took at least like 20 minutes. Oh, well, that doesn't seem too bad, especially if it only transmitted for a few seconds. That seems pretty challenging. Yeah, it was. Uh, he had to give us a couple clues before we finally found it. So uh, what, what technique did you use? I saw a bunch of you run around without the antennas. Did you try using the beam? No, sir, I didn't. Um, Kendra did, but I didn't own one. But anyway, I didn't have one. Okay. So uh, how many years have you guys been participating in this? In the ham fest or in the fox hunt? In the fox hunt. Three years. You too? I've only been doing it for one. For one? That's your first year? You think you'll be back for it next year? Yeah. Yeah, it It looked like a lot of fun. Um, I built a fox hunt transmitter on the show one time, but I've never actually been on a fox hunt, so I'd like to do it myself sometime. You, you recommend it for a good time? Yes, definitely. It's a whole lot of fun. Well, that's cool. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, good to see you guys around here. Maybe we'll see you next time here. You too. Thank you.
Okay, we, we got one more participant of the fox hunt here. What's your name and call sign? Kendra Wilson, KF5FYS. Okay, it's good to see you here. Well, I was mm-hmm. going to shake your hand. You you were on Ham Nation one time, weren't you? Uh, yeah, a couple of times with my sister. Okay, I thought so. So you, um, so you got third place? Yeah, um, I was right behind Kirby, but we were all kind of like in a cluster, so it was kind of hard to determine places. But So where did it end up being? It was inside the PVC pipe of an antenna, so like we had all got to that same table, but we just couldn't like actually get inside the antenna. And Kirby just turned it on its end, and so he found the fox. Oh, uh, that's that's pretty sneaky. Yeah, one time it was moving around, so they, it was like on a person. That was a really hard year. But oh, oh wow, yeah, I bet that would be pretty tough, especially like the only the few seconds that it transmits. That's got to be quite a challenge. Yeah, that year it wasn't quite as long of a break in between transmissions, but this year it was really difficult because you had a minute in between, so you just kind of waited. But well, cool. It looks like you guys all had a good time anyway. It's fun. That's why I do it. Yeah. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk to me. Well, thank you. Okay, so we got the uh, the winner of the fox hunt here. What's your name and call? My name. I'm sorry, it's going to be hard. <laughs> My name's Kirby Como. Call sign KI5EE from Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay, so uh, you you won, and this is the PVC she was talking about, where the transmitter was, right? Correct. It was oh. in, inside of here, and this was laying underneath one of the display tables. Okay, well that, that's a pretty sneaky place to hide it. Nick's uh, Nick is very good at uh, making it a challenge and not making it too easy for us. <laughs> so that, that's, it looks like a lot of fun. So I'm going to ask the same question. How many years have you been doing that? The fox hunt, most probably five, six years uh, here in rain. Uh, and I've been doing fox hunts and stuff for most probably about 10, 15 years. Yeah, so uh, that's open to anybody. I may actually try that next year. It really it really did. No kidding. It looked like a lot of fun. Everybody running around here. I think it'd be kind of interesting to do myself. Right. It is interesting. Don't even really have to be a ham because you're only receiving signals, not transmitting signals. What was your technique to find it? Well, start out, you got to try to find an area that it might be in uh, just with a handheld, uh, get on frequency, and see a strong signal. Well, Nick made it quite hard for us. It was a strong signal no matter where you at. So actually you have to reduce your signal going into your radio. Took the antenna completely off of it. Uh, even at times just use the ink pen just touching the antenna connection. So I have a little bit of an antenna until you get close and then you don't even use the ink pen. And just keep narrowing it down to where you in the area of it. Okay. And then just start looking, huh? Start looking, and with Nick, you got to really, uh, really look hard. Uh, well, that's cool. That's an interesting technique too. So that's pretty cool. I'm gonna remember that. And, and that, that was actually the sound of the little transmitter. Um, so anyway, congratulations on the win. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Yeah. it was nice talking to you. All right. All right. Yeah, that's a pretty fun activity in general. Uh, it's good to see that Hamfast are doing that type of thing. Really get people interested, especially the uh, young guys. Yeah. And girls. Yeah, I've never I've never experienced one. I actually built a fox hunt transmitter on the show one time, but I actually you know I never really did go put it into practice. Um, I, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, they they should do that at our ham fest. Yeah, they really should. Maybe we should see about organizing one. Maybe we one. should. Like that could be fun. I got a little interview here from the ham fest chairman. Here's Brandon KG5LQM with the Arcadia Amateur Radio Association. Brandon, good to see you. Thank you very much. We're good to have you guys here, and it's great to be out here. 
So tell me a little bit about the, the ham fest here in rain. How long has this been going on? This is the 58th annual Wow. 58th annual, call the, call the blank there for a second, 58 years we've been doing this as the Acadian Amateur Radio Association. We love giving back to the community. We love giving a place for hams young and old to come out, celebrate the community, celebrate the art of, uh, of amateur radio, and just have some fun, eat some great food, listen to some great music, and enjoy the camaraderie. It's been quite an event. This is the first year that we have attended here. We... Uh, we made the crawfish boil last night, and Tommy and I, neither one, really are, are crawfish connoisseurs. We had a buddy email with us, though, and he was able to show us the ropes on how to, to peel it, get the meat out of the tail, and uh, a lot of fun. Thank you. It's, it's, it's the crawfish eating crawfish is an art form, and the more you eat, the better you get. So by all means, eat as much as you can when you can find it. Um, we appreciate everyone come out. Um, as the Hamfest coordinator, I thank everyone for doing this, for especially for Amateur Logic TV being out, and really to all of our vendors, all of our guests, and the City of Rain for allowing us to hold the Hamfest in their facility, and of course everyone, all the volunteers in the Acadian Amateur Radio Association uh, for helping me and put this together. And it's a blast. We're loving it. It's uh, we're always usually billed as the largest ham fest on the Gulf Coast, and today we're 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 holding true to that. Well, that's great. Yeah, it's been a fun time here. We notice you've got uh, some good vendors here, and you've got uh, a couple of the the major radio manufacturers here this year. So it's good to see that they they don't come to every ham fest they don't we've tried for a while to get all three yezu icom and kenwood to our ham fest um and i believe last year was the first year that we had all three in one place at one time and because of our culture <laughs> because of our what we do and how we do it they they're coming back they love what we do they love what we stand for they love how we handle our ham fest and they say, we, we can't wait to come back to rain. We cannot wait to come back. So I think we're doing something right. Yes, Richard from MFJ is who really turned us on to it. He said, you guys got to go down to that one. We love Richard. Every time he comes out, he draws a crowd. And we love having him a part of, having him as a part of our ham fest. Um, we appreciate what he does for us. And it's, it's what we can do to give back to him. We give him a captive audience. And people want to spend their money and, and patronize good quality um, products that MFJ carries. So uh, it's not the same event, but I've, I've noticed a lot of frogs around here. What's the story on that? Rain, Louisiana is the frog capital of the world. Um, anything you ever want to do about frogs, come to rain. Um, fried frog legs, uh, they do it in many different types of dishes. Um, every year they have the Frog Festival, which in fact the Rain Civic Center is a part of the fairgrounds that the Frog Festival is, is, is held on. Um, there's a huge stage pavilion area to our right outside the building. Um, live bands, they perform every year. It's a fundraiser for the, for the city and it puts them on the map. And I mean, the food is amazing. I, I, I can't say that enough. You, you know. Y'all have <laughs> been enjoying the food since you guys got here and, uh, and it's... It's, it's a fun time, and we really appreciate the fact that Rain is letting us hold our ham fest into their city. So thank you to the City of Rain, most definitely. 
It has a nice facility here, too. Well, thanks for talking with us, Brandon. It's uh, good to meet you. George, and George, always a pleasure. Anytime we have our festival, anytime we just want to come by and hang out and eat some good food and listen to some great music, you're always welcome here. All right, thanks. Have a good one. Well, I think that's about all we got for this month's show. And, uh, boy, uh, a fun time here at Rain. I really didn't know, you know, I didn't know what it was going to be like when we headed this direction. But uh, we, we met a lot of good friends here. Everyone was really friendly as they could be, man, and very accommodating. Yeah, and it seems, uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes, but it, it seems so organized to me. I, you know, I don't yeah. know if you thought if you noticed that too, but it just seemed like everything just kind of clicked off. Yeah, and it's, it was a really good experience. If you're in the area next year when it comes, you know when they're putting it on, you you should really uh, come by and check it out. It, you won't regret it, I don't think. It was a great time down here, y'all. Good times, good food, good people. Why don't you give us an AE, Emil? AE. <laughs> <laughs> that was authentic. Yeah. Yeah, that was the real deal right there. Yeah. If we'd have done it, it would have been fake. True. We could have got Peter to do it. I'm not sure what we would have got, though. <laughs> it yeah. comes natural after you eat that kind of food, uh, a lot of it. You kind of got to do it. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. I think it's a natural release. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 7-3, y'all. Yeah, 7-3. We'll see you next time. Speaking of pinching. <laughs> uh, Glenn was here with us teaching us really how to pinch those tails and suck the heads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that, yeah. That, that's something we, uh, we think about all the time down here. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pinching tails. <laughs> Speaking of pinching tails and... Speaking of pinching tails and sucking heads, we ran into Richard. From, no, that that's not good. Yeah. I guess that's all doing, huh? Okay. We already signed off. Yeah. Twenty minutes. That's all. Got off. Here.